0: Focus on Ability shares the stories of people with disability finding work with Nova Employment.
1: RSL welcomed me with open arms. That, to me, speaks louder than words can. That's really, really good medical go RSL to accept me like I'm part of their family.
0: These are the stories that help businesses focus on ability. Find it on your podcast app or under the Life section at smooth.com.au. Welcome listeners. Hello readers. Thank you for downloading the debut episode of the Batuta Advocates podcast. You can find us via our website on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts.
1: Please subscribe and rate it immediately before you get the chance to actually hear the whole thing. Five stars preferably. Yep, five stars. That will help us immensely in our endeavours
0: to take control of this landscape as well. For the past 18 months, our newspaper has been running at the same and occasionally a bigger readership than The Australian. And that's not actually a G-Up. No, no, it's not Clancy, but ideally we'd like to do the same thing with this overrated medium known as podcasting. Exactly. And you might learn throughout this podcast that you are
1: essentially just listening to a pre-existing radio show that we've done for years on Batuta's local hot hit station, Desert Rock FM. However, the difference with the online version is that we have a much bigger audience thanks to the internet, and therefore
0: much bigger advertisers. Rather than the usual local sponsors like Elders in South Batuta, and Donaldson Husksvana, we have a few bigger players in town with deeper pockets. You're listening to
1: Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Good afternoon, listeners and readers. You are listening to the top-rated afternoon radio show on Desert Rock FM. Afternoons with Clancy and Errol. I'm Clancy Overall. And I'm Errol Parker. Brought to you from the Koala Studios here on Koala Street in South Batuta. And now syndicated via Acast as a part of our greater push online. Today's show is going to be a
0: little bit different, Errol, as we are welcoming all of our new listeners to the format. Exactly. Well, more about this show, if you're listening to this for the first time, we often have influential and interesting people on the show to discuss a variety of different topics. Well, for some reason, our uh, our humble newspaper, uh, The Batuta Advocate, has garnered a cult-like following around the country and, indeed, around the world. And uh, from that, they've heard that we did do this radio show here on Desert Rock FM and... Uh, people were asking where it was it, it was available if they could download it from the desert rock fm website and it turns out um murray the our producer he um he said no we can 't um we can 't make it available for download because um we haven 't got the appropriate um technology or the uh or the know how to get it onto the internet
1: and we only just got the n b n so we 're getting used to a right. lot of that kind of um, um, that, that convenience, we're getting used to it, and we are obviously um, editors of the Batuta um, Advocate, Australia's oldest newspaper. Both very different people, um, but both you know lifelong uh, media professionals. Errol, do you want to let them know your story?
0: Well, compared to compared to you, Clancy, I suppose this is this is going to be a hard act for you to follow. Um, I'm currently the editor at large of the Batuta Advocate, which is if you're listening at home for the first time, this is the nation's oldest newspaper, arguably. I, I did come on board here at the Batuta Advocate um, just four years ago uh, when we started the uh, the online edition.
1: I mean, you were floating around for a while. It, yeah. It took a while for you to really pop your head up again as a journalist after everything that happened in England, of course. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, we, we had you on deck. Let's just say that. You, you came into that role for the digital transition yeah. online. Yeah. Uh, you
0: found yourself in a bit of trouble. Um, well, yeah, I, I could, I could go back to then if you want. It's, um, it was a while ago, but I was, uh, I worked on on the team at the News of the World, yeah. and uh, prior to that, I was working at the Sun um, in the United Kingdom, and I guess that's where you could say that um, I developed my craft uh, as a journalist at News of the World, and um, I sort of. Garnered my unique taste for for quality journalism at the Sun, but um, you know, of course, as all of you know, um, at home and in Matuta, that all came unstuck uh, quite quickly during the Leveson inquiry, and
1: uh, so Levison inquiry, the Leveson inquiry for um, you listeners who are completely controlled by the media was a.
0: Um, uh, it was a phone hacking. Um, it, it was a phone hacking scandal. In uh, in layman's terms, they uh, they said that what we were doing was uh, was illegal. It wasn't in the public interest, which is wrong. But you know, ultimately, um, so well, yeah, you uh, were lucky. You're lucky. You had a brother
1: yeah. that you know you look very similar to, yep. and you had his passport on you at the time, and you were mm-hmm. able to get here overnight, and. That's the reason we picked you up. We like someone who's a bit rough around the edges. We like someone who's ready to get stuck in. That's why mm-hmm. we said you did. You did exist in our organisation, you know, under the radar for a lot longer than four years until we finally, until we finally picked you up. I myself, I'm different story to you, Errol. Um, obviously a, a relatively different career to you, Errol. I, I came into um, this by birthright, essentially, uh, fifth, mm. fifth, uh, fourth, arguably fifth. Uh, editor of the Petuta Advocate. You know, I'm over 40 years in uh, in news media. Uh, so most...
0: it's a very Australian story how you can just be born into a uh, into a media dynasty. You know, it comes from um, having an inherent sense of um, balance,
1: an inherent sense of, of justice, which which happens to anyone after their family kind yeah. of uh works. It
0: almost seems like it's a genetic trait.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, being part of the establishment... Uh, in this particular town, always helped.
0: Uh, you, you've been working here as the editor for how long?
1: I've been the editor here since
0: thirty. It's been thirty years. It's thirty years this year. Yeah, right. So that's what's that? Thirty years ago. That's nineteen eighty-eight. I was uh, I was at the Seoul Olympic Games in nineteen eighty-eight. Well, oh, yeah, that was yeah. that
1: was the first Olympics I covered.
0: Yeah, I was uh, I was in the ten meter air pistol. Um, I didn't place um but uh yeah it certainly was a an interesting time i remember it just like it was yesterday we had michael diamond i think that was his first olympic games and he was tasked with um keeping all the pigeons off the olympic flame he uh, would shoot them with his gun
1: they didn't mind that the the south koreans well it,
0: it was a different time then. i mean you could you you could use a shotgun for a Variety of different things, you know. Every household had one, you know. There was, um, it was, it was a simpler time. It was a lot like America is now.
1: Errol, forget Kim
0: Jong un, you know, forget the nukes.
1: Trump's still got to deal with this gun thing. It's not going away and it's flared up again a couple of weeks ago, as per usual. As per usual, last time we kind of spoke about this off air, of course, was, um, yeah, was Las Vegas, which was obviously um, obviously a time when people started talking about American gun laws again, but uh, it's happened again, this time in a school.
0: Yeah, we're talking about guns again, aren't we?
1: What's yeah. going on there?
0: It's just another gun massacre. That's what it's come down to. It's, it's, it's just another bloke with another AR-15. And a couple head noises. That's it.
1: Well, they're talking about banning guns. They don't know where to start. Um, don't look at us unless you want the heartbreak of seeing your hardware poured into a giant skip bin and crushed in front of you, which is what happened. They really waved it in our face when they did that, that filthy leftist. John Howard, our Prime Minister at the time, sorry if I'm talking out of turn here and there's a little bit of bias showing, but it, it does come with the, the format of talkback
0: radio. John Howard... He did cave to... Uh, he he caved to public pressure in the end, which is not like any... Uh, any good conservative government should do that. They should never cave to public pressure.
1: Responsible gun owners. Australia had a lot of them. We had a, a, a minority of irresponsible gun owners. We
0: did too. Have we did have more guns than people? We did. Yeah. How many? We. I think it got to the point where there were four to one, where there was there was almost a hundred million guns in, in in this country, and. Um, and there was only 20 million of us.
1: Well, I definitely had more guns than me. And, and I have to say, to mm-hmm. the, and, I, and I said it at the time during the buyback, you haven't lived until you've gone route no. shooting with an SKS, firing hollow points. For, for us to have our rights infringed the way they were under John Howard, and I know a lot of things happened that led him to that decision, it was a snap decision, um, similar to Malcolm Turnbull recently with the no more sex in parliament. It was, it was, he was under the pump, he had to make the call, a lot of people think he made the right call because we haven't had uh, any more of that kind of behaviour from yeah. from lonely white men. But you know, th- just think about the effects it had on the economy, and think about the effects that it had on the town. You know, well, corona it time certainly
0: we- did have a uh, an effect on the Tasmanian economy, which I dare say is going to be probably more severe than what's happening now in uh, in in Tassie where they're looking to ban pokies in pubs and clubs down there in the uh, in the island state.
1: Is that what the Americans are arguing against? We give them this, we give them everything. And, and I'll, t- I I'll think tell that's, you...
0: I think that's a valid point where, you know, if I think there's a lot of Americans' concern that, you know, if you do take away their guns, you know, they might have some of their other rights um, taken away, which would be the... Uh, the Eighth Amendment, um, which is to have a right to health care if you earn over $250,000 a year.
1: Well, you know, uh, what do you do? Do you, do you stash your health care? Do, you, do you do what they did out in, in Batuta when they ban- when, during
0: the buyback? When yeah, they- I would uh, I would definitely put my uh, my health insurance card in a piece of uh, poly pipe and hide it uh, in my backyard. That's what I would do if they came for my universal health care. Well, you know, a lot of a lot of problems
1: get solved in the Simpson Desert. We've said it before, you know, whether it be an illegal firearm in 1997 or a dodgy priest, we sort things out a lot quicker out here than in the cities with their royal commissions and national buybacks. And by the time Howard's feral government agents were sent out here, there was nothing to find.
0: Well, how about we move that along to a... Uh, to. A subject that's close to our heart and uh, and a subject that's close to Richard Di Natale's heart. What you're
1: talking about, of course, Errol, is the uh, the article actually you penned uh, earlier this week in the Batuta Advocate, which is Dean Natale blows dust off Bob Brown's communist era AK-47 after Christensen death threats. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the opening quote is, does he think this is a game, asked Richard Di Natale as he fed bullets into the magazine.
0: And then he uh he did say that when the purge comes, I'm not sure what the purge means but he uh he made allusions to uh George Christensen not surviving uh whatever the purge is
1: he'll be hanging from a streetlight he says we're not playing around with this guy if he wants to get real with us we'll get real with him
0: those are those are fighting words from uh from the former doctor from Batman is,
1: is that is that is that um, a good thing for the Greens to have this kind of aggression behind them? It's, it's been a long time since they had I've, much more than, yeah, a, than a. I
0: do think it is a long time coming um, um, to see a little bit of argy bargy from the Greens. You know, we've had the uh, well,
1: they, and you know, it just goes to show how Australians feel about their guns. You know, it, it's not just a yeah. right wing left wing thing. Obviously, it was a big thing for 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 regional Australians with their uh, with their roo shooting and their, and their recreation. But you know, the Greens have uh experience any anyway, of the, ri- the 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 true you know the originals have actually gone to russia they've actually trained with the cubans and the and and the south africans and the and the like and that they know how to fire off a kalishnikov it'll never jam in the mud water or snow they know these things mm-hmm. um, is, is georgie maybe biting off more than he
0: can chew i'll tell you what he'd be looking a lot more intimidating <laughs> if you put that arm tattoo on his neck Just put a big old Mary on his neck.
1: The one from his shoulder. Put that on his face, right? like a scaffolder. Now, that's got to be more intimidating than waving that
0: pansy glock with earbuds in. And and that's a new trend, isn't it? What a lot of young people have been doing is that they've been getting neck tattoos so people don't fuck with them. Um,
1: So they they feel a bit more prepared. um, They feel
0: safe. they,
1: They used to say the Queen's property is shoulders up risk down and if you've got tattoos on hands or face or neck uh it looks like you've spent a bit of time in the pen and that's essentially what you're saying and what we're saying here is that's our equivalent to gun ownership if you're carrying any of those things yeah. you know people people aren't going to bother with you
0: if you do have any visible tattoos in this country it's as good as carrying an unlicensed handgun yeah all right, well, another contentious issue um, recently has been the Barnaby Joyce saga. Some would argue that it was triggered by the Sunspot episode where Barnaby Joyce, though he always fronted the media in his big hat, uh, turned up to a few press conferences with a few marks on his face where he'd had some skin cancers burnt off. A lot of people have said that that was the start of um, of. Barnaby Joyce realising that he is no longer a young bloke at the Warbrook Hotel putting people in rear naked chokes anymore. No.
1: No, no, no. You he, uh, he, he get to a point in your life when you become aware of your mortality, um, you know, and you go back to 2016, there was a lot of midlife crises happening in Australia. Uh, a lot of cultural icons that a lot of uh, baby boomers grew up with began to kick the bucket. You know, we all know Muhammad Ali, David Bowie, Prince, Leonard Cohen, Bill Cosby. A lot of people died that year. Definitely the sunspots rattled him. But you could also make the argument that it was the citizenship saga. Is that why he strayed? I don't know. It's not up to us to figure out why uh, what happened happened. But you've got to say, at one point, during the High Court decision, Barnaby Joyce was staring down the barrel. He already had a bun in the oven. He was staring down the barrel. Of possible unemployment as a divorced man at fifty years old with a baby on the way how many schooners do you reckon he ran out that night
0: well there's one thing you'll learn Clancy when you uh, when you spend some time around these people in high office is that they 're never unemployed where uh, you can go from being the deputy prime minister to being on the board of uh, of any mining company of any bank of uh, of any other multinational trans-global that money uh, gives a name to. But at the same time, to answer your question, I would probably say about seven. I think he ran at about seven schooners of, of full-strength lager, and then he got to the point where he was feeling tired enough to retire to his motel room there in Woolbrook. That, that is, of my opinion, that is un, unlearned and unfound.
1: Just on that, with Barnaby Errol, his uh, personal life's obviously taken a battering from a lot of a uh, lot of people and a lot of media have been really zoning in on the man. We uh-huh. actually we 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 had a little bit of traction last week with a few stories. Yeah, obviously not everyone was uh, was willing to publish. Um, of course, it started with uh, that just just prior to Barnaby announcing his uh, his leave was that, uh, and this is one you penned yourself was. Uh Tamworth Red Rooster had removed yeah. the
0: S from their sign. Um, In solidarity with Barnaby Joyce. Yeah, well it was The Red Rooter. It was um it was a touching gesture and um I think it was quite timely at the time. He hadn't resigned at the time. They um they uh they were pushing for it and um the people of New England were getting behind their leader and um we did have a few local comments from um from those people down there in the cold country. There was one from uh Derek Mack, they uh he suggested that we should change the name of our paper to the Beetrutter Advocate. Um, which is um obviously a pun on beetroot. Yeah, um the colour of Barnaby's
1: um, face, um the fact that he's uh had an affair outside of
0: Wedlock a router yeah. and um, um advocate well. yeah it was um, well in terms of uh low hanging fruit that's probably fruit that's already on the ground uh with uh and then there was another one there from uh from Chris Van Ujstovic um he said uh Lord has already had a red router for 35 years when they fixed the light it's already broken again within 24 hours and now they've given up well if if the member for new england is ever looking for any support via red rooster it's obviously coming from the people of greensboro well and then there was your story clancy uh about an aid that many men find in the men's rooms of many uh licensed establishments around the country and that was uh the fact that this whole thing happened because Barnaby Joyce put two dollars into a wipe-on sex appeal machine. Pheromone mm-hmm. wipes, I believe. Yeah, called. he uh, popular with truck drivers. He uh, he was just having a nice night out on the town. Uh, he had a couple in him. He uh, just finished up at the urinal, and he uh, this machine caught the. Uh, Caught his eye from the corner of his. It eye. He caught the attention of yeah. the
1: member of New England, and he decided to wipe some pheromones on his uh, chest. And the the theory is, and I'm saying this is coming from the New England, this is coming mm-hmm. from sources
0: that he became irresistible to women. Which yeah, which explains a lot. Well, to his defence, that's what is advertised on the side of the machine. You know this 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 is a. Um, A pheromone wipe that should be used responsibly. In regards to you might end up having an
1: affair because they will find you that hot.
0: Well, I don't think that's what it said on the machine, but the machine does warn you that you will become irresistible to women.
1: I mean, look, he spends a lot of time in pubs. He spends a lot of time in pubs. You put the pheromone wipes on your throat, down your chest, you know, there's a little bit of a bright tinge, you're starting to get a bit of a buzz, you're half-pissed, you're Barnaby... Things are moving. You wipe that all over you and, and, and the game changes. You no longer smell like rum and cigarettes. Well,
0: a, a, a few comments on the article did put that into perspective. They, uh, th- there was one from Rob Gray. Um, he said, uh, for a bloke with a head on him like a twisted Dunlop volley and a personality like a wet fart in a spacesuit, he goes, all right, they should rename it Joysteers. And then there was another one immediately after that. Lucas, Lucas Wheeler. From Lucas Wheeler, um, who we both know, he's, uh, he's a nice young man from, uh, from the Northwest. He said that um, they should add in the $2 ring tickler uh, in case you've got an unavoidable session. Oh, hold up, hold up, Errol. What's, uh, what's Murray saying here? All right, well, thanks for that. We've got the, uh, we've got the hurry on from Murray um, through the glass window. He says um, that Tom with the weather is up next, which means there's uh, Maddie and Jacob are coming up there with the drive show. So uh, we'll bid you farewell for the time being and we'll talk to you this time next week. Hooroo. Hello. Goodbye.
1: Well, here we are uh, that's the debut podcast for the Batuta Advocate now you can listen to us every week on Desert Rock FM or the podcast which will be available every Monday morning next week we'll go back to our regular programming which will see Errol and myself joined by a special guest
0: and that's what you can expect for each episode from now on and if you like what you heard uh, you can subscribe each week to the podcast by going to our website or on iTunes or wherever the Android users go thanks again for listening and speak to you next week check out Woolworth's great new specials
1: this week like Uncle Toby's 185 gram muesli bar six packs for just
0: two dollars save two dollars that's half price
1: that's why I pick Woolies